This is the Awakened Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Cattle, intuitive life coach, mama, and multiple hat wearer. I've learned firsthand that pregnancy is our invitation to awaken the divine that is already within. In this podcast, I'll show you how you can invite self-love, acceptance, connection, and intuition into your day so you too can have an incredible journey into mamahood. Keep listening for today's episode. Welcome to episode 17 of the Awakened Pregnancy Podcast. In today's show, I interview mama and health and wellness coach for women and children, Paris Lucas. Paris has three beautiful boys and a fourth baby that was a delightful surprise on the way, who is due in a couple of months time. As I said, she's particularly passionate about health and wellness for families, and she has some really beautiful and realistic approaches to how you can integrate this into your life as a family. In this episode, Paris shares her story of motherhood, her three births, which are pretty incredible (laughs) if you ask me, how she has transitioned after each of the births, and the changes that she's seen in herself as a mother over this 10-year period of mothering her beautiful boys. She has gone from a mac and cheese mama on the couch, these are her own words, to being completely inspired by living a predominantly plant-based philosophy with her family. She shares so much wisdom in the space of well-living for family and how you can integrate some really simple practices into your life and help your little ones get more goodness into their body. The episode and a little spoiler alert, skip ahead if you don't want to hear what the gender is of Paris's fourth baby. At the time of recording, she didn't know what she was having yet. She was just outside the first trimester and we can now share that she is going to be having a little girl. So three boys and then a little girl joining their family. If you want to follow Paris online, you can find her links over on the show notes as well. Hi, Paris. Welcome to the Awakened Pregnancy podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I love having my friends on the show. I feel like I've got the coolest friends ever and I'm excited to share you with my community. Thank you. That is such a funny intro. I'm, um, I'll take that. I'll be your coolest friend ever. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. This is fun. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, so I think let's start a little bit um, with your story of mamahood. So you've got three boys and you've got another baby on the way right now. And as I was saying before, you're one of my girlfriends in, in my journey to mamahood. You've definitely been one of the people that I have lent on for support when I'm like, what the hell's going on? Help me with this. My boobs are this. My baby's doing this. What do I do? And I think I, like, I'm super grateful for that, that you've been that role in my life. And obviously, you know, as we go into mamahood, we learn more about what works for us and about our children and all those kind of things. And your boys are spread out. Um, you know, you didn't have them all in like a couple of years, which I think is really cool. So I'm really interested to hear a little bit about your boys, your pregnancy, how they've differed. Um, Yeah. And a little bit about your experience of mamahood so far. Okay, cool. Well, yes, they were spread out. You know, I've always been a really big advocate for the age gap until this little surprise baby. Um, So yeah, I'm pregnant again. My littlest is only 15 months at the moment. So I'm going to have a 22 month age gap with the bubs. Um, But I've also got two big boys. So my eldest is nine, turning 10 in April. His name is Zaid. 
and he made me a mama when I was 23. Um, so that really was when my life changed, I suppose. I was a baby having a baby um, and I didn't really have any expectations. I didn't really know what it was going to be like and we've kind of grown up together, which has been really nice. Um, he's my best friend. We have so many of the same interests. He knows all of my friends like they're his friends because he's just always been a part of of us part of our lives we've always included him in everything that we've done um and then four and a half years after Zaid we had another little man storm and he is now five so he is an absolute firecracker um raring to go to school and just idolizes his big brother they are like two peas in a pod actually woke up this morning um and went to go to the toilet and saw them on the lounge like spooning with their arms around each other watching oh TV. my gosh <laughs> so cute they just are inseparable they love each other so much like they fight they they love to wrestle they're typical brothers but they just adore each other as well uh, and then my third little man Vader he was born three and a bit years after Storm so another decent gap um, and he's going to be crazy too. I can already tell <laughs> he loves to watch the big boys play and join him where he can and make himself heard. He's charging around the house now and starting to say his little words. Um, so it's a big ball of fun at our house. There's lots of noise, lots of mess. Um, lots of jumping and pillows being thrown and flips, but it's amazing. I, I just love being a boy mama. And the one in That's my belly is a surprise at the moment. So we'll see if I have another little boy or a little girl to balance things out and give me a buddy, um, someone that might want to sit down ever and read <laughs> or cook or do something slow because that doesn't happen much around here. Yeah, well, I can imagine like the energy of having like boys all around you. Obviously you've got your hubby at home with you as well. That That's mm-hmm. quite a lot. Yeah. They just love sport. There's surfing, footy. I definitely don't get any say in sort of the activities. So I hide in my room and watch Kardashians when I can. Um, <laughs> but yeah, There's a lot of sport, a lot of physical activity, um, but it's good. Keeps me as active as I can be and they make me laugh all day every day so so good and so what was your transition like into mamahood the first time and then how did that go going from having like obviously the first time and then going into having two children and then three and then how are you preparing yourself now to be a mama of four yeah crazy it's just all a learning curve like the flows of mamahood are forever changing so when I had Zaid I really had no expectations like as I said I was 23 um so I just did what I normally did hung out with my girlfriends took him with me I'm really lucky to have amazing grandparents so my mum's here on the Gold Coast and so is Mitch's family so we've always had everyone involved the grandparents were super excited to have him join our family Um, so yeah, we just kind of adapted with having him and then having Storm, I found that a really easy adjustment going from one to two, I think because of the big age gap between them, 
Zaid was starting prep when I had Storm as a bub. So I got to kind of have that time with just him as well while Zaid was starting school. Uh, the adjustment from two to three, though, absolutely rocked me. Um, that was a massive jump. And I didn't think it would be because I've always sort of really taken pride in myself as a mum and how I've just handled things and the way that I like to do things and the way that I raise them, I've always been really proud of. And having the jump from the two to three really ruffled a lot of things. My perfectionism had to definitely move out of the way. Um, He was also a terrible sleeper until about nine months. So I was really affected by the sleep deprivation, but then having two other children to get to school or kindy or other commitments um, and not have any time for myself. I was really stretched. But as he got older, as Vader got towards one, everything balanced out and now we're in an amazing place and I'm going to have another baby and just (sighs) ruffle it all up again. Yeah, so cool. I love hearing I love hearing you talk about motherhood and I know that for a lot of people that they do have challenges in their transition into mamahood and I think it's really nice to hear stories of it going smoothly. Like I mean I know like within that you obviously have all your different challenges um along the way, but I think it's really nice for us to be exposed to that that you know we don't have to adopt the stories of others and it's good to know that it is possible to transition into uh, motherhood in a you know in a way that feels really good for you um, and I, I mean I know from being your friend that I mean I wasn't around when you had Zaid but I know that his personality is really um, he's such a big brother like he's so responsible and he's like he's mm-hmm. such a sweetheart and he's really calm and He's, I can see that his energy as a first baby while you were a baby as well, like you were saying, I can see how that would have really aided in that transition. Um, and then I can see like, again, that Storm is like full of beans and he's got this really beautiful um, like presence about him. Like he brings this beautiful, I don't know, it's like people look at him and they're like, wow, he's so amazing. Like he just says something magic about him. And then um, I feel like Vader is like, I feel like his purpose was to shake up the family. <laughs> like he's so freaking yeah. cute, but he's like, he, he, I, I mean, I saw it in you. Like I saw how, um, yeah, it really forced you to just stop. Like he, you know, the fact that he mm-hmm. wasn't sleeping, you just, you could only do so much and you really had to get present back with the family, which is, I guess, I mean, has that been your experience over the last few months since finding out that you were pregnant with number four as well? Absolutely. I don't think I've ever said no to as many things as I have since falling pregnant this time. I'm a real overachiever. I love to be busy. Um, I'm very social. So normally I would be looking at my calendar and seeing where I could fit in a coffee date with this person or this person in between this call or this client. And now, like for the last, I would say, six weeks, there's nothing ever in my calendar. My whole week is free because I was so sick, I didn't want to commit to anything. And I just wanted to cuddle the kids. I just wanted to lay on the lounge and do nothing and Mm. let go of, you know, the housework and all of these to-do lists that was kind of like, what am I rushing for? What am I trying to mark off? Why do I need to catch up with this person, this person, this person and stress myself out when I can just be? 
So cool. That's like a massive lesson to be learning too. And it's so true. I feel like, I mean, I've, I've only had one pregnancy, but I feel like that first trimester does really encourage you to introvert. Like it really encourages you to go within, reassess, get rid of the things from your life that aren't serving you and that you don't want to take forward from here. So yeah, it's really cool to hear that. And how many weeks are you now? I'm 14 weeks now. So I've just come out of that yucky sickness um, and I'm feeling really good. All I want to eat is salads and green juices, which is a so great break from the bread that was just like nonstop bread, 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 bread. Um, <laughs> so that's really good. I'm feeling like I want to go for walks. I want to be in the sun and I do want to socialize again, but I am definitely mindful of how I'm spending my energy and my time. Mm, yeah. Definitely. I can see how that's going to be something that's really important as well when this baby comes to that you really need to, I guess, be okay with um, doing what's right for you and your family first. And I think that that Mm -hmm. comes for all of us in motherhood in different ways, but it's like this, this opportunity or this invitation to actually be like, okay, I'm going to do what's right for us and this is how it's going to go. And I'm okay with other people not fully getting that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people think that it's like an achievement after you have a baby to get back out there and be busy and go and do things Mm. and be here, there and everywhere. But it's an achievement just to stay home and heal and be present and take that time for yourself as well. Totally. I think that that's something so like it's actually I feel harder to do that, to stay home and let your body heal. There's like a lot of conversation around this like first 40 days and nursing the mother into motherhood and this kind of thing at the moment, which I think is really good. I think it's really important that we actually witness how important that is for bringing the mama back. I mean, you've recovered and I want to talk about your births in a minute, but you've recovered from, you know, three births and you've had to nurse your body through that while feeding your baby and having other children around. How important was that self-care in that fourth trimester? I definitely didn't do it with the first two. Um, I remember going out and about really fast. Um, I think especially with Storm because Zaid was four and a half at the time. I wanted to keep him busy. I remember going walking and, and just doing a lot, um, from a very young age. I feel like he was maybe even a week or two weeks and I was at the swell festival in Corumban, like wheeling him through the sculptures. I vividly remember that. Like, what am I doing? But at the time I didn't realize I was nuts. Um, but after <laughs> having Vader, uh, I was slow. I think my first outing was when he was about three weeks old. We went to the farmer's market because I just really needed my produce. I was so sick of eating crappy fruits and vegetables from the grocery store. I was like, I need to go to the market. And we managed to go to the market, the two of us. Um, and I was excited. Like it was really my first time leaving the house and we made it, everything went smoothly and we came home. But I was definitely like, I don't want to do that every day. It was like a big event. So mm-hmm. yeah, resting and just letting people come to you when you're ready I've actually had people ask me, you know, how do you decide when people come or how many people come and visit the baby and things like that? I'm like, well, it's your baby. It's your body. So you tell them if you're busy and if you, if it is family and you feel like you don't want to, you know, be rude and tell them, get your husband to do it. It's the best time Mm -hmm. to say that she's asleep. They're having a rest. It's not a good time. 
Um, but yeah, I, I am actually loving all of these shares on social media about the first 40 days and about holding the mum. Everyone comes to hold the baby, but who holds the mum? And, you know, with Vader, it was the first time that people brought me food. Um, I had meals at my door, for, some from complete strangers that just knew I, I was in the midwife program. So I had um, some beautiful people in the community, um, a few people from my Instagram community that aren't even that close friends of mine, but other mamas that they just get it. They know what you need. Just leave mm-hmm. food at her door. Um, awesome. Yeah. Freshly made banana bread brought from one of my best friends. And yeah, it was, it was really nice this time, but I think maybe the main difference was that I was a bit older as well. And my friends are a bit older. Like obviously when I was 23, my friends didn't realize that they should come over with food. Like it wasn't a thing. We were like just checking off our outfits for what the girls were going to wear clubbing on the weekend. I was still in the group chats and being involved, but had a baby with me. So um, yeah, a lot has changed as I've evolved and aged. Um, but this time I'm really going to heal. You know, mm-hmm. I've been having babies for 10 years now. This body is used. It needs, it needs time to heal. Yeah, for sure. And like, there's, I mean, obviously there's the emotional benefit in having downtime and giving yourself the break. And I mean, like you just touched on, there's the physical benefit too, like, you know, your body has created and like, you know, in six, seven months time, it will have created four human beings and brought them into the world and birthed them. And that is a massive, massive thing for a body to do. And for you to be able to now live in this body for the rest of your life, it needs to be looked after. And um, yeah, I just love that. I'll be bringing you meals. I'll be dropping them at your door. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, tell me, so tell me a little bit about your births. I'd love to hear the stories of the the three boys so far and then how you're preparing for baby number four and what your vision is. Okay. Well, my 23-year-old birth self would have killed me for saying what I'm about to say, but I love giving birth. I'm so excited to give birth again. But having Zaid was horrific. My first birth was It definitely wasn't as bad compared to others, but I thought I was dying. And that's the 100% truth that I thought I was going to die while I was in labor with him. Mm. Um, I did not realize that the pain my body was going through would send me sort of in and out of consciousness, make me throw up. Um, I didn't know that that was normal. So Mitch, my husband and I both thought I was dying. Um... And by the time he was actually born, it was a very long labor, 27 hours, um, completely natural. I didn't have, I had some gas with him, uh, but I also wasn't allowed to birth in the water back then. So I I had to birth on my back, um, which I just think is going against gravity and made everything awful. Um, I did have a second degree tear with him as well. So that was very painful. Um, And then healing, you know, with stitches and just, I just felt like I'd been hit by a truck after I had him. I was completely rattled by it. Uh, I remember saying to my mom, like, why didn't you tell me? You said it was going to be okay. Like, why didn't you tell me that it was going to be so bad? And she kind of laughed because she's had four kids too. So I'm sure by the fourth, she loved birth and said it was easy and amazing like I think now. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a big adjustment. But, you know, I do think 
that first babies are there to test us and push our boundaries when it comes to um, our pain threshold. And it isn't normal for our bodies. You know, it's not something that our body knows what to do. But by the second, third, fourth time, labor is much easier. So if you do, if you have had one baby and had a terrible birth, um, it's not going to be that bad the second time, I promise you. Your body just kind of remembers and things go a lot smoother. Um, so that was my experience with Zaid, a very long labor um, and a tear and some painful healing. But the second time round was much quicker. I think Storm's labor was six hours in total. Um, I had him in the water, uh, no drugs again, and so much better. Just felt normal, uh, I would say, from like the next day. I think birthing in the water is also really um, easy on your bits. So there was no tearing. There was no um, issue sort of down there. It was very calm. He was no crying. He just came out peacefully. My placenta just came out on its own, um, which was awesome. And then Vader was very I just wanted to jump in for a second because I know, um, I was kind of indifferent about birthing Flynn in the pool. I was like, oh, like I'm not set on it, but you know, if it's working, then I'll do it. Like I'm happy to be there. And I actually hated the pool when I was in labor. I just found it. I was so tired. I was struggling to hold myself up. Like I was really struggling in the water. And um, we had we ended up having an episiotomy. And one of my um, kind of fears for my second is that like my that will reopen when I'm birthing. And I'm actually at the moment really working around um, the idea of birthing in the bath for that reason, for being able to be a little bit more gentle on my body. Um, so it's really cool hearing that because for a lot of people, if they tear the first time you hear that the subsequent births, mm-hmm. they tear like through the same yes. space because it's mm-hmm. weakened. So that's really cool to hear that. Yeah. So I, I have never teared since aid. Um, and just touching on what you said also, I do find it quite difficult to labor in the water. So I actually labor mm-hmm. mainly standing and walking but birth in the water so I think I was only in the water with Storm for the last hour uh it's actually a bit of a funny story with him because um Zaid was four and and we'd we'd taken him to the hospital with us because we didn't actually know if I was properly in labor or not because Zaid's was so drawn out we went to kind of get checked and they looked at me like you're not in labor you're way too calm and you've brought your kid with you um so I was like you know just check me and they did and they said oh you're actually six and a half centimeters you're staying wow so we're like oh okay so I am in labor uh we better take Zaid home because he went to bed at I think this was about uh maybe four o'clock in the afternoon so Mitch took Zaid home to put him to bed and was waiting for my mum to come and mind him while I was laboring at the hospital and they were ringing him like you need to hurry up like she's crossing her legs here this baby is coming and he actually ended up coming back into the birthing suite I would say five minutes before Storm was born I was really holding him in there so I probably could have had a quicker labor if Mitch was there but yeah he went to to bed (laughs) um but I think, yeah, I think I was only in the bath for an hour with him and that was, yeah, holding holding him in. But, um, yeah, just a, a lot calmer. Yeah, I feel like that's really good to know um, 
going into like any birth, whether it's your first or not, from an experienced birther that if you're struggling to labor in the pool, that it doesn't mean you kind of can't get back in there when it's time to birth. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I guess kind of I had pictured like you labor in the pool and then you, you know, you're happy there. And so then you birth there, but you actually, like, I know for me, I was moving around quite a bit until um, like the, like until the pointy end of the labor when I was just so physically tired Mm. that I actually birthed on my back when I, I never thought I would, but it was what I wanted at the time. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's cool to hear that the, you know, the, um, the way that it unfolded for you and yeah, I feel like that's like an insider tip. Yeah. Well, from that note, the birth with Vader, I was only in the water with him for five minutes (laughs) because he was so quick. So I labored at home. Uh, this a similar sort of situation I was like am I in labor am I not I'm not sure I started to feel the waves in the morning got the kids ready for school uh, went and had some acupuncture did a soft sand beach walk to kind of bring things along Uh, Mitch was at work so I said I think I might be in labor but I'm not sure because I my pain threshold's quite strong by now Um, and it got to I think about 1 30 he was like should I come home or not um and I think about two o'clock I was like yeah no I'm I am in labor I've just changed all the sheets on all the beds um and I'm just like walking around the house and they're getting stronger so you better come home and he was I think in Byron or somewhere he was a little bit of a far drive and I started to send a message out to any friends that might be in the area like I might need to lift to the hospital I think I'm in labor um so we ended up driving down to the, near the hospital but I was in the midwife program, so my midwife wasn't actually there. She was um, at home or on visit, so I needed to wait for her to get there because when you're in the program, you you have your birth with your midwife, not just with whoever's on shift. So while I was waiting for her, I did a couple of laps of the hospital just walking and contracting and walking and contracting and getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then, you know, I was at the point where, I said to Mitch, like, I I need to get into the birthing suite. And we started to slowly hobble up the stairs to the maternity ward while bending over to contract and people looking at me like, is she okay? And um, I remember I saw a midwife in the corridor as I was walking down and she said, oh, are you okay? Is it your first baby? And I said, it's my third. And she said, you need a hurry. Like the look on her face just changed. And I was, I'm trying. So I kept, you know, hobbling. And then my midwife passes me, sees the look on my face. It's like, okay, we got to go. So we got into the birthing suite. I put my bag down. Uh, as soon as I put my bag down, I felt the transition, which is, you know, when the contractions go from the front to the back. And that's when you mm-hmm. want to push. So she quickly ran the bath. I literally stepped in the bath and two pushes and he was out. So I was in the wow. birthing suite for 15, 15 minutes in total, which um, wow. big difference. I from, mean, you I know. knew it was short, <laughs> but this was like the first time I've heard this in detail. That is incredible. Yeah. Wow. I know. It was nuts. So literally the water had stopped running. The bath was crystal clear and I had a baby in my arms. So wow. I stood back up and hopped back out of the bath and it was perfect. Like anyone could have hopped in there because it was just like that fast. <laughs> My goodness, where did your your waters break in that 
process. Uh, so with all three, they've never broken until like the pushing. I never oh, wow. have. I've never felt sort of what it's like yeah. to have your waters break. So I guess they've just popped um, yeah. as the boys have come out. That's so, amazing. Yeah, totally I, um, nuts. I yeah, I didn't feel um, mine either. Mine broke at about eight centimetres, but I was in the pool at the time. And, yeah, I, I have no yeah. idea what that sensation feels like and I'm always curious. Um, no. Wow. It's not like the movies so where you roll over no. and your water breaks. It doesn't no. work and then you're way. like, oh, my God, <laughs> For some people. my water just broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so fast and crazy but really good, like a really good birth with him. I, I just loved it. So, so good. And I feel like that's kind of um, – it's kind of funny like looking at obviously now that – like Vader's a little bit older, looking at his personality and also his birth, I feel like that's really interesting. Like he just kind of, he came into your world and shook things I up am here. in like a second. He's like, hey guys, I'm here. This is how we're going to yeah, do things now. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens with the next one, if it's going to be quick again or if things will delay. I'm not sure. And so are you, what, what are your hopes for the birth or how are you preparing yourself for baby number four? I would love to have a home birth this time. Uh, so I'm still toying with the idea. It's a little bit difficult in the area that we live. Um, it's very expensive to have a home birth. So I think we will still do it. Um, I'm talking about 4000 out of pocket. So it's it's a quite a high cost, but it's something that I really want to do for my last baby. I would love all the boys to be here. Um, mm. I also don't think, you know, it's going to be traumatic where they're going to see their mum in crazy pain. Like I think I'm going to be really calm and, and really enjoy it because I know it's the very last time I get to do this. I'd love yeah. to, you and know. And you've got your confidence just... too. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, you, know, you know how to birth. Yeah, I've had three births with no complications, all natural. Um, so I would really, really love to be at home. I just I'm trying to see if we can make it work. We're renovating, and we've got a couple of holidays and things like that. So, you know, it is a big chunk of money. Um, mm. But I also think you know honoring your last birth to be how you want it to be um, is important too. So I'll let yeah, you know so what we end up deciding. But that's where we're at at the moment, and just. Preparing for that is, you know, doing what I've always done, I guess, just keeping the boys really involved. We talk about it a lot, um, cuddles for the baby every day and just, you know, acting like the baby's already a part of us from now, not when I have a big, massive belly, but from from the get-go. So good. And so I wanted to ask you as well, so from your first birth to your second, like those two births is where you, it sounds like you had the biggest difference. Like you went from, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking you were dying to the next one being a really empowering experience. (laughs) Did you do anything in that time to get yourself into that space aside from the fact that, you know, you were a little bit older? Was there anything Mm -hmm. that you were doing to empower yourself to have a more positive experience with Storm? Mm-hmm. I had changed a lot during those years. Uh, when I was pregnant with Zaid, um, not only was I young, but I spent my days sitting on the lounge, eating mac and cheese, watching Ellen um, and drinking cordial. I definitely did not nourish and nurture my body as a pregnant woman should. I didn't know any different. 
uh, health was not anything that was on my radar when I was a mum with him. Um, after he was born, I used to live off salt and vinegar chips and Coca-Cola. It was not a very good time for me, but I didn't realize, you know, I was very addicted to sugar back then. I had no idea. So I'm actually a health coach now. I've studied a diploma in health and wellness and also children's health and wellness and completely flipped my life around when it comes to nourishment and overall health and well-being. Uh, and this happened after I had Zaid. So this is a whole nother story, but I'll just briefly touch on it. When he was about two years old, we had had a lot of health issues with him, lots of respiratory issues, lots of antibiotics and ear infections um, and other things that I thought was maybe normal when you have a child until I started to dig a little deeper and do my own research onto why was my, my little boy sick all the time. Uh, and the first thing we did was change his diet. We removed dairy and gluten from his diet and then we slowly went to a vegetarian and then vegan diet for a while. So when I had Storm, we were vegan. Um, so my body was healthy. It was thriving. I wasn't addicted to sugar. I was sleeping well. Um, my mental clarity was a much different state than when I had Zaid. And we're not vegan anymore. We do eat a, a few animal products here and there, but of a very high quality and our day-to-day -day life is very much based around health and wellness. And the kids know that. Um, Zaid is completely healed. He is the best eater in the whole family. I can never fill him up and he just wants to eat all the goodness. Um, but it was all through, through health, natural health, food, that we managed to heal him and in turn heal myself. That's amazing. That's so cool. And I think for a lot of us who are in the wellness space, we have a journey of some sort similar to that where we weren't nurturing ourselves, something happened that encouraged us to have a look at the way that we were treating our bodies and then we went and actually did some research and educated ourselves on wellness and how to, I guess, support our own bodies to thrive. Being that you're a health coach and you've been on this journey yourself, how are you teaching your children about the importance of caring for your body from the inside out and um, I guess – you know, how, how, I mean, how do you get them to eat vegetables is probably the question I want to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my main thing, and this is sometimes quite harsh, but I think it, like any clients that I have that are parents, I just say, who does your grocery shopping? Like, does your child do it or do you? Because we have the power. While they're small, we're in control of what we buy and what they eat. So if someone's saying, you know, well, they won't eat that, they'll only eat this or they'll only eat They'll only eat nuggets and chips. Like there's not nuggets and chips in my house. If you want to look in my mm. fridge, in my freezer, what's for dinner, you're not going to find nuggets and chips. So I just say to them, you know, this isn't a restaurant. This is what we've got. And we sit together and we eat dinner every night, Vader included. We all sit together. And if they don't like what's served, which is often Storm, um, he's my picky boy at the moment, um, I usually get him to, you know, watch us eat what we're, what's on offer. But if he won't eat and he, I have to do, make him something separate, then I just make sure I give the best quality. So if, for example, he's demanding toast or something like that and I end up giving in, he's having organic sourdough with organic peanut butter. You know, it's the best quality of what's on offer. 
Um, Mm. So I think, you know, the way to teach them that is having them involved. They're in the kitchen with me. They're unpacking the shopping with me. They know what's good and what's bad. I talk about it very openly of why we eat vegetables, why we eat fruit. They love smoothies. So smoothies are a great way to jam pack all the goodness in for kids because they taste amazing and you can hide, you know, anything in there. Their boys had um, spinach, banana, mango, coconut water for breakfast this morning. So it's just keeping things simple and getting them involved. Um, My other tips, I mean, you can ask any of my girlfriends. They'll say that I'm a foodie. I love food. So even though I'm healthy and health and wellness is my absolute passion and something that I will high like the highest standard for the rest of my life, I, lo- I know how to live. So if you want to go and eat out, I'm going to eat out. If we want a holiday, we're going to holiday. I always enjoy myself. When I'm not pregnant, I love a margarita. Um, on the weekends, I love Messina gelati. You know, we still have fun. We still have hot chips. We just know balance and that there's a time and a place for that. And then there's a time and a place for us to have our wild caught salmon and greens. You know, they, they know mm-hmm. what is home food and what's holiday food and, you know, how to differentiate the two. I love that. You actually suggested an account to me um, on Instagram, which I will link into the show notes because we've been having some trouble with um, food for Flinny. And something that I learned on there is they, this particular lady was sharing that it's a great idea to actually expose your children to like the naughty foods um, so that they actually learn that it's not something to binge on. And I love that you mentioned that because we've been, you know, we've been introducing this to Flynn. Like when I make him a little snack plate, I put like a little treat on there so that it's not like when he sees it, he's exposed to it and he's like, oh my God, I've got to eat all of it because I never get this. He's learned, I'm hoping that he's learning about moderation and that there is space for these things in your diet, but they're not the most important thing or they're the, you know, they're not the biggest thing on your plate. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you touched yeah. on that because that was something I had exactly. never considered. You yeah. can't ban fun because that makes them want it more. And I've already experienced this. I've had um, the issues with Zaid of him ransacking the house, looking for anything hidden where our hidden cho- dark chocolate is up the top. Or if Mitch ever has a treat, like Zaid will find it because it was mm. banned for such a long time. But we are, you know, understanding now that they need to understand both sides. Like It's something fun for them because, yeah, if you ban them completely, they will rebel. That's what mm. I did. Anyway. I mean, I know it. I did it myself. Like we we grew up on a pretty healthy diet can, like for the 90s considering. And as soon as I got my license, I like could have got a loyalty card at Macca's because I was like, oh, my God, I can go here every day now. And it was because we were never allowed it that I just felt this desire to binge on it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I know for my personality, if someone tells me I can't have something, it makes me want it more. So (laughs) I can only expect that children will be the same in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. There's so many great ideas. Like it doesn't, the junk food or the treat food, you can make a healthy version of everything these days. So in the boys' lunchboxes every day, there's always something sweet, whether it's a bliss ball, a banana bread, they've got homemade muffins at the moment. It's always homemade. It's always whole foods, but they don't know the difference of the ingredients. They just look at it and say, yum, fun. I've got a muffin in my lunchbox. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that I notice as well is you're mirroring 
the behavior to your children. So it's not like you're doing one thing and telling them something else. Like they're calling you to step up as far as health as well. Like these little people, they are so good at seeing through our stories and they can tell if we're lying. Um, so mm-hmm. if they're, you know, if you guys are sitting down at dinner time and everybody's eating the same meal and mom and dad are eating their vegetables and, you know, they're seeing that from you. And so we're setting the expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And they, they're healthy kids. So when they do eat the wrong thing, they feel sick. They know, mm. like, I'll tell them you're going to have a sick tummy and you can watch it. If they go to a kid's party and they sneak something, I'll say, I told you now you don't feel well. Yeah. So it's a good lesson. And so just to wrap up, I would love to know what you guys are excited about for your family. You said you've got some travel coming up, obviously baby number four is on the way, but what's, what's next for you? What's your hopes for your family over the next year? Oh my goodness. I haven't really thought about this. I, I honestly, well, you guys know I've only, I've only done the big age gap. So I really don't know what to expect having two under two. I am hoping that everything will go really smoothly and Vader's quite a easy baby. So I'm hoping that he will adjust into being a big brother really well. Um, And I can, you know, keep living out my dreams with what I want to do business wise. And I love what I do. I absolutely love coaching and sharing health and wellness. So I do want to share more um, also on my Instagram. That's something I really want to get more involved in over the next I guess while I'm pregnant actually is I really want to share more on on health in pregnancy and the difference it will make post-birth. Um, my husband, I am hoping, is going to go part-time when the baby is born too. Um, so that's something I'm really excited about. I just want this last time having a bub and a newborn to be perfect. And I'm sure it won't be. Like there's always going to be things that go wrong, but I just want him to be here. I don't want him to miss out on those first smiles Mm. and the first roll and sitting up and all of those things while he's at work. So um, that's something I'm really excited about to have us all all together a lot more Um, and some plans with our house, hopefully to renovate a little bit and have some more space for a family of six. Um, Yeah, it'll just be a learning curve, I guess, to see how how this all goes. So good. And we might have to get together when you're, um, you know, like six to 12 months into baby number four and yes. hear what you've been learning and what it's been like and about the amazing birth that you had and all of the goodness that you're about to experience over the next little while. Absolutely. That will be, yeah, I just can't, it just makes me laugh. I just can't believe I'm going to have another baby so soon. It's crazy. <laughs> it's going to be it's so exciting, but it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. Thank you so much, Paris. I've absolutely loved having you on. And I know that my audience are going to really enjoy hearing your story or that they will have enjoyed hearing your story. Um, If you want to connect with Paris or if you want to check out any of the things that we've mentioned in the show, you can see those on the show notes. But thanks, P. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Awaken Pregnancy Podcast. For more, go to katecaddle.com. If you loved the show, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you are more of a candid girl and like to see what's going on behind the scenes and what I'm really like, come and check me out on Instagram, Kate underscore cattle. I'll see you soon.